Progressive presents Forced Metaphors about bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Liftoff will start in T-minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Timoteo Keister. This is Chucky Brown, former professional NBA basketball player for the 1995 NBA champion Houston Rockets. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks, and everything Houston Rockets presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network and the official podcast to fan site. It's Houston Rockets website, spacecityscoop.com. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Yo, GM, man, how you doing today? <laughs> Recording this in the middle of All-Star Week, but... You know, the games haven't started yet. Rockets haven't started playing yet. But I just want to ask you, how are you doing today, big brother? Oh, man, I'm good. Um, It's been a good day. Today's Thursday. So tomorrow's Friday. We're, we're nearing the end of the week. <laughs> we're gearing up. You know, we got a, a very exciting episode for everyone. And yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm happy. You're, you're excited. <laughs> right, well, let's get straight to it then. Let me give him a proper intro. I've been known for intros. Like, I hope I can do this man justice. All right, here we go. This man went to NC State and is a former professional NBA basketball player who was drafted in 1989 by the Cleveland Cavaliers. He played for 12 NBA teams, including our 1995 NBA world champion, Houston Rockets. He has recorded over 4,000 points and over 2,000 rebounds in his entire NBA career introducing for the first time here on our show the man the myth the legend mr chucky <laughs> brown at the summit chucky brown how you doing sir man i'm doing great man how you doing thanks for having me of course it's oh man really it, it, it's time. a it's a pleasure to have a legend like yourself man <laughs> the, the 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 og number 52 man all weird. right well thank you yeah thank man you. we're we're, we're just so excited man to hear just all about your stories and okay. yeah, very excited, man. Grew up with it for sure. <laughs> you are the first and first NBA, you know, Houston Rocket champion that has met us here. So we're very excited to interview you. The first, the first okay, there'll never well, be good, another one. Good. So you know, if we, if we have a team, Clyde afterwards, like, yeah, that's cool. But Chucky will always be the first. Chucky one. was the first. <laughs> yeah, man. Like hold that. that, hold that over their heads. Hold that's that over right. Their heads. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chucky, I just have to ask, man. So, what what are, you, what are you up to now? Tell the people. So, what's what what you've been up to nowadays? I know you. When we had contacted you, you were over at All Star doing All Star Weekend in Cleveland. So, what you've been up right. to recently? Uh, recently, uh, I've been coaching high school basketball here in North Carolina, uh, West Johnston High School is the high school that I coach at, and uh, recently got um, elected to the retired players NBA retired players board. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, and just, you know, just been around, you know, chilling, taking care of my kids and making sure they, they have everything they need. And, um, you, know, you know, my wife and I just been, you know, just kind of laid back chilling and just trying, you know, trying to stay out of everybody's way, do the right thing and just trying to leave behind a positive, uh, positive legacy, man. That's it. 
Absolutely, man. And, and it's funny that you say that too, because you just you you give off that such a such a great vibe. Like you're already well, thank like you. so positive along with us. So I just have to ask you. So you said you just got elected into how was it? How was All Star Weekend? You got to be in Cleveland. You got to yep. see your man Hakeem, your yes. former teammate. I saw the pick by the way. It was it was really yes. awesome. How was it? Yes. It it was awesome, man. And 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 like I was with my daughter, and um, you know what I what. I, the whole time I was up there, I, I kept telling her, you know, I ain't seen Dream in like 20 years. I got to I gotta see Dream. I got to see Dream. I got to see Dream. And then uh, I ran into him in the hotel lobby. Uh, he was going upstairs. And uh, like I had seen him, like I had great seats, but he had floor seats. So mm. I, I couldn't get down to the floor. Of course, only so, for the Dream, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the Dream. So we'll, we'll take that. We'll take that one. So I had a friend of mine. Um, a friend of mine who I played with um, actually before I got called up to the to the uh, to the Rockets from CBA, uh, David Booth. So I, David Booth works with the NBA now. So he came up to where I was sitting. Like I was sitting only like ten rows back from the floor. So he he saw me and I I texted him and like yo come here man. I said look you see Dream tell him I'm looking for him. So um, he told Dream and then I ended up finding him in the hotel and just you know just after not seeing him for so long, like I had seen Clyde a couple of years ago and it was the same, you know, reception because I hadn't seen Clyde in a long time, you know, and uh, like I see Kenny from time to time and talk to Kenny and I talk to Sam Cassell all the time and Mario um, and those guys. So, you know, at, when, when I saw Dream and just, you know, the reception uh, that we gave each other, we, you know, it was just great to see. And then he got to meet my daughter and he told us some stories about me. So, <laughs> so that so that was fun, man. So All-Star Weekend was great. And, you know, but the, the cap of it all was for me to see Dream. You know what I'm saying? So that that's who I really wanted to see going up there. Man, that's awesome. What a what a story to like, you know, just to kind of ca- to, to kind of kick off here because we're gonna get in we're gonna get into that right now. But let's go ahead and rewind the clock now. Let's go back okay. towards you know, the beginnings of your career as a basketball player. We want to know your story. We want to put it on our platform for all Houston Rockets fans to kind of just get to know you. So give us your story on how you basically your college career, how you got into the NBA, and just mm-hmm. every, your entire career leading up to 1994-95. Okay, so uh, I was – I start from high school. I tried out as a freshman. I got cut from the team uh, my freshman year. My father was um, thinking about – we were living in New York City at the time, and my father was thinking about moving. So my, my grandmother was ill. So we moved to North Carolina uh, when I was going to the 10th grade mm-hmm. um, because my grandmother was ill. And uh, I went to a school called North Brunswick, and – you know, right when I got up there, uh, my high school coach took me to NC State's basketball camp. So um, it was very, uh, it, I mean, it was just very fitting for me. And, and it was uh, it was a good fit because the whole staff was from New York. So I had just moved down here from New York. So I was looking to, you know, like say if you if you were from Houston and you moved to San Francisco and you don't know anybody, mm. you're going to grab it and you find a group of people from, from Houston that get together every Thursday, you might join that group for a little while until you get acclimated. So Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what it was like for me. So, you know, Lorenzo Charles was here. He was from Brooklyn, New York and Ernie Myers was here from Manhattan, uh, Spanish Harlem. You know, I grew up in Harlem. So uh, it was just a, it was a good fit for me. So I was coming up a lot on the weekends to games and, um, you know, I just I I just enjoyed my time uh, being around you know fellow New Yorkers, and then I got offered a scholarship after coming from five star basketball camp, and you know I, I committed early to come to NC State, and then when I came to NC State, um, you know we had I had a great four years. We won an ACC championship uh, in 1987, which was the last championship that the school has won, uh, ACC wow. championship. Um, and then, you know, 1989, my senior year, we made it to the Sweet 16. Um, then I got drafted by Cleveland. Uh, got drafted by Cleveland, had a nice, you know, had a nice little run in Cleveland. Um, I had asked for my release in Cleveland because I didn't feel like I was getting the opportunity to play. And uh, I was playing for the great Lenny Wilkins and uh, Wayne Embry was the general manager. So they granted me my release. And then I ended up going to play for the Lakers. Uh, went to the Lakers, played, had a great year, got to play with 
uh, pretty much the guy who, like James Worthy was my favorite player, and that's the reason why I wore 52. So I mm-hmm. uh, got to play with James Worthy and got to watch him work. And, you know, I tried to emulate a lot of things that he did. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I had to practice against him every day. So I couldn't tell him that he was my favorite player and that I'm watching you, you know, what you do. <laughs> Can't yeah. let him know that. It's, it's competition, it's competition. Gotta let him know. Yeah, yeah, right. so gotta I, keep the edge. Gotta keep the right, edge, right? Gotta keep the edge. So, uh, so I, I, didn't, I didn't end up telling him until later. Uh, I told him later after, you know, after we had retired, then I told him then. So he was, you know, just, we kind of laughed about it. So he, he, when he sees me now, he called me his little cousin. So uh, Hey, there you <laughs> go. I love but, it. Um, I love it. Yeah, so I, w- I went from L.A., uh, then went there. From there, I went to um, – well, in between L.A. and New Jersey, I went overseas to Italy to play. Mm-hmm. And um, it just so happened that things weren't working out. I was in Florence, Italy, and, you know, it was a thing where they were coming late with the check. So, oh. um, like, my check for the first was coming on the 15th. And, you know, they were behind the check. So I'm like, look, mm-hmm. you know, I'm coming here, showing up every day, you know, what are we doing here? You know, so then I ended up, mm-hmm. um, I ended up leaving there, um, uh, going to flying back home and I was going to go back and go to school and finish my degree. And then New Jersey called and my agent said, well, we're going to fly you to New Jersey. So I went to New Jersey, played there. And after that, um, I, I ended up hurting my knee and had to get a scope done. So I ended up, uh, whose training camp was I in? And I went, oh, I went to Dallas. But that didn't last long. I got released because I was hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I went to play in the CBA. I finished the season just playing. I just finished the season playing with the pain. Uh, then I got the knee scoped in. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I, I came back, went to the CBA, was having a great uh, CBA year. And uh, one of the, you know, well, I know, you know, BJ Johnson, who was the scout for the Rockets. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to see him at all my games. And, um, you know, he kept, you know, would give me a nod and a wink and stuff like that. So I knew somebody was watching me. So um, I ended up getting called up to the Rockets. Uh, and I remember, you know, specifically that first, you know, when I got called up, you know, got the 10 day. And I remember Rudy called me in the office and Rudy was like, well, look, you know, the first 10 day, uh, you're not going to play. But the second 10 day, um, you know, we're going to see what you got. So. Mm. Uh, that gave me, you know, I knew I was going to be there for 20 days at least. So that gave me a chance to, you know, concentrate and focus on the plays. But in the NBA, everybody pretty much run the same thing. It's just a different name. So um, mm-hmm. I ended up, uh, well, I ended up flying in that day and playing that night. We played Utah. And I remember we blew them out, so I got a chance to play. So hey. I got a chance to get a feeling. And I knew Kenny Smith from playing against him in college. And I used to see him mm-hmm. a lot down here because the schools are so close. Mm-hmm. So after um, after after I got there and played that night, then we played Phoenix. Uh, we went to Phoenix to play. We blew them out. Hey, so I got man. to play that night. So and you know I was really trying to learn everything. So Otis Thorpe was there at the time. Yeah. So um, and before the Clyde trade, before the yeah, trade. before the Clyde, yep, before the mm-hmm. Clyde trade. So Otis was mm-hmm. there, and like I used to try. Otis was a real good defensive uh, power forward, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to be playing behind him because Carl Herrera was hurt. So that's why I was going to be playing. So I tried to pick Otis's brain um, about his defensive, how he played defense. So I was a pretty good de- defensive player. But, you know, I was taking anybody's advice that I could. And Otis was a good guy to talk to. So uh, he was the one actually helped me how, t- taught me pretty much how to guard Charles Barkley uh, and make things tough for him. So, um you know, we, we, we were there for the, you know, I got to play then. Then we went to Portland and we got blown out. So I got to play again. So, and that was the, you know, the infamous game where Vernon went into the stands. That was that game. Oh, so, yeah. where, where, where Robert had to pull him away, right? Well, yeah, well, Robert, uh, I mean, I can, I can give you a little bit behind the scenes story about what happened. So. Oh, we, uh, please, please do. I'm gonna give you a little dirt. I'm gonna give you a little dirt. I'm far, man. I'm, 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 I'm sipping the. I'm sipping the tea, bro. I'm sipping hey, the sipping tea. tea because <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people don't know what mm-hmm. went down beforehand. So tell the people. We tell caught, the people. It was a timeout. It was a timeout. So we come to the bench. So I'm sitting. I think I was sitting. Vernon was on one side of me, and Dream was on the other side. But I know I was sitting next to Vernon, and we came out for the timeout. 
So we're getting blown out. So back then, what a lot of guys would do, if they didn't want to stay in the game, they would go ahead and get the double tech and get thrown out because it was only like techs were only like a hundred dollars. So it wasn't really a you know big deal. So so Vernon wow. said, <laughs> Vernon no said Yeah, so so Vernon said, he said to me, he's like, Man, I'm about to get thrown out of here. So I was like, oh, okay. No, I know I wasn't gonna do it because I'm on a 10 day, so I ain't gonna do it. So then Touché. all of a sudden, this guy, but but Vernon was gonna do it after the timeout, but this guy started yelling out the stands at him. I couldn't hear what the guy was saying. I didn't know about Vernon's daughter. I didn't know anything about that. So and the guy kept saying something, and then you know, Max looked up there and said to him, he said, uh, what the guy said up. Uh, I bet you won't. No, Vernon said, I bet you won't come down here and say that. And then the guy said, I bet you won't come up here. And before the guy could finish, Vernon beelined it up there. And so I wasn't going up in the stands. I'm on, like I said, I'm on a 10 day. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get my little bread and take care of my family. So when he took off, that's when Larry Smith and Robert took off behind him. Mm -hmm. And then they got into it or whatever happened, happened. Uh, and so they took him out the stands, and then um, I think he had that he had that he had a little bit of a suspension. I think he missed about maybe three, four games. I can't remember the exact suspension. Mm -hmm. But then um, after that game, you know, then my second ten day came, and then we we get ready to play the Spurs. <laughs> and I, oh, I remember uh, Robert uh, 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 Larry Smith came to me and was like, "We get play the Spurs." And Dennis Rodman was leading the league and rebounding and all that stuff. So. And they came to me and said, well, look, we're going to start you tonight. And uh, we don't want Robin to get no offensive rebounds. So I didn't say anything. But in my mind, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, dude, I got to stop this guy from getting a rebound. <laughs> so I'm like, right. I'm probably like the best rebounder do. in history yeah, outside like Moses Malone. In, like, uh, of the, the century or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, man. Like That's <laughs> so, that the hardest assignment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but, but Rudy did tell me he was going to see what I got. So, okay. you know, to his credit. Okay. So then I think he might have got one or two rebounds. So I did a great job on him that night. <laughs> and I remember like um, – after the game, I was so worn out. I just went home, went to sleep, and my mother called me the next morning and said, uh, "You know, she was like, well, what was you doing to Robin?'" I said, "What are you talking about?" Well, he kept talking about. He had an interview after the game. He talked about how dirty you was playing. So I was, yeah, I was, playing, <laughs> I was trying to do my job by any means necessary. There so, you go. Um, there you go. That's yeah, that, so. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I. Uh, I did that, and, uh, like, my 10-day was up. My 10-day was up, and I was sitting around the hotel, and, you know, I, I think it – was it All-Star break? I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember, you know, getting ready, you know, before I – before I was getting ready to come home or, or go wash my clothes or something. I can't remember what it was. But I think it might have been around All-Star break. I'm not sure. But um, – you know, I hadn't heard anything from the Rockets. So I didn't know whether I was going to get signed for the year or not. So I called my CBA coach and said, well, look, if nothing go down, I want to come back and just, you know, finish out the season with this, with the team. So he was like, oh, okay. And then I get the phone call from Bob Winehouse. So Bob Winehouse says, you know, meet me downstairs. I got your contract. So I jumped up, went downstairs, signed for the rest of the year. I was staying at the time, I think it was a Marriott over there by, um, oh, man, by where the cheesecake, by the Galleria, over by the okay. Galleria. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. okay. So, see, I remember mm -hmm. when that Cheesecake Factory first came to Houston, it probably was in 95, because I went there for the test, you know how to do the test run? So uh -huh. I got the free oh, meal yeah. that night. At the cheesecake crash, I went and got the free meal. You know how to do the test run. Uh, my, my man. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, right? Absolutely. So, <laughs> so I good. went and did that. And um, I had to find me an apartment. So I found an apartment right up the street from the gallery. It was a corporate apartment. And, um, you know, I just, uh, the rest of the season, you know, I stayed there. And, like, during that, like, coming to our championship run, you know, when we went down, I'll tell you another funny story. Uh, when oh, we man, went down, like this. like Kenny, Kenny, me and Kenny would always hang out. So we were down three one to Phoenix, mm -hmm. and so I was like, "Yo, I was like Kenny, you know, we we gonna be able to pull this thing off, you know?" What I'm saying because Game Five was back in Phoenix, so 
He was like, oh, yeah, we straight. They, they can't beat us. He kept saying they can't beat us. So, man, <laughs> Kenny said that. Here. Kenny said that, quote, unquote, they can't beat us. So, um, and what really helped, I think, was when A.C. Green had put something on the board, you know, that it was over or something like that. And, you know, everybody saw it. So I think that, you know, bulletin you can't give, board material, yeah, man. Yeah, you can't give athletes bulletin can't board Can't do that. Material. Can't. So then um, when that happened, um, you know, I had, I had sent all my clothes home because I wanted to come home light. And then we ended up making that championship run. I had to buy new clothes because I only had like two pair of jeans and and it was getting hot, you know, it was getting hot and you starting to get warm. <laughs> so I needed some shorts and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was, that was just a, a great time, uh, in, you know, in my career and it's probably the best time in my career other than, you know, my kids being born. I mean, that was probably was the most fun that I had, uh, playing basketball and, you know, any NBA city that you're playing is going to be great because, mm. you know, they're going to treat you good. But when you're winning and you win a championship, that makes it, you know, more special, um, you know, because when you see those guys, and you, you you forever have a bond that yeah, that absolutely. no one else has. I mean, I, I I played with plenty of guys, but you know, I feel a stronger bond, um, you know, with the guys from my championship team, other than with, you know, Larry Nance, who, who I consider like a mentor of mine, um, like any of them other like uh, any of my other teammates, like Larry Nance, you know, he fits right up there with the bond that I have with all of my uh, championship teams. Because, like, even now, like, I don't see Pete Chilcutt all the time, but we still send each other Christmas cards and stuff like Dude. that. Um, so, you know, and I've been Pete. to Pete's house. Yeah, I've been oh, to man. Pete's Chilly house. Chili Pete, and, man. You know, so, and Love Pete it. was a – I played against Pete in college too, so we were rivals. Okay. He was at Carolina and I was at State. So, you know, we were big rivals, but – you know, it's only rivals, you know, as far as on the court, you know, playing against the other. But, you know, Pete is, a, is I consider Pete a friend, you know, Kenny a friend. You know, it's, it's like a different bond. Sorry. We, you know, we love the story. Just, you know, going in from your, your whole NBA career, uh, college career, NBA career, going all the way up into the Rockets. I want to, like, get more stories out of that. But before I do, okay. I want to ask, I do want to ask you a question, though. Just I want to backtrack slightly. Um, okay. You did, you, you did play for the you played for the New Jersey Nets 92-93. Am I wrong on that or am I right? You're right. Yeah, you're right. So you happen to play with, hands down, maybe my favorite shooting guard of all time, Drazen Petrovic. Okay. Yeah. So I have never met anyone in my entire life that knows Draws, that met Draws, that played with Draws, that was a teammate right. of his. So I have to just ask, I mean, just the inner fan within me, because I, when I, my, my brother's the one that told me, he was like, oh, wait, he played with Jocelyn. He must have played with Jocelyn Petrovich. And I'm like, yeah. dude, oh, my God, I have to drop the question. So Kenny okay. loves him, man. The he he's the I think the he most, just bought a yeah. jersey, honestly. Yeah, well, oh, I did not okay. just yet. I didn't just yet. I didn't. Oh, OK, that. OK. But uh, he's the Mozart. Look, he's the Mozart of basketball and you were his teammate. How was it getting to play against him? Because I heard he's just I heard so many stories like he's a machine. He would yes. go at Jordan like he's yes. nothing. Mm -hmm. He go at Reggie. I heard so many yep. stories about him. But how, what was your experience playing with him? Man, Drazen was a great teammate. Man, probably one of the hardest working guys that I've played with. And I, I, I tell this story to a lot of people too. I remember Drazen had sprained his knee, and he was supposed to be out. I think it was like he was supposed to be out about six weeks, something like that, and. Like, I, I would always come to practice early, and I remember coming to practice and Drazen doing these, these uh, he had a chair out, and he was doing these, like, these knee dips on his sore knee. So he ended up missing maybe a week, and, um, you know, it was just amazing to see him, you know, working. He did not want to sit out in those six weeks, mm -hmm. you know, and as far as, like, guys that he played against, I remember uh, we played Houston on a back-to-back. -back. So I think the first night, Drazen had 47. We beat the Rockets uh, in New Jersey, and he had like 47. Please, so, was Vernon playing? Was Vernon playing? Vernon was playing. Oh. <laughs> Vernon was playing. Max was there, and Mac, I remember Max said after that game, he won't get 47 the next night. And I think Drazen had like 34 or something, oh something like that. So, <laughs> so he well, he was right, I guess. Of, yeah, he still <laughs> did his thing. He was right technically, but he still <laughs> did his thing. 
But uh, <laughs> but like to see him and Dry, see Dryson wasn't no little guy. He Dry's about six five, so he was mm-hmm. kind of big. You he know what I'm saying? So yep. yeah, he was built. He was strong. He wasn't like a big leaper or nothing like that. But fundamentally, he was sound. So he that made mm-hmm. him a tough a tough cover uh, for anybody. And Dryson, you know, even though he wasn't known as a defender, you know, he would like shoot passing lanes really good and he did other things to make up for his lack of uh of of athleticism but uh but yeah Drazen man I tell you man Drazen was he, he was a machine and he constantly worked on his shot and worked on his game which a lot of guys you know you know didn't do but Drazen did it uh you yeah. know Drazen did it Yo, Chuck, okay, so I got a quick question in regards to Drazen okay. too. I heard um, in like the deep, deep roots of everything that Drazen was supposed to be a free agent after that mm-hmm. 93 season. And I had heard that the Rockets were in on him before he mm-hmm. unfortunately passed away. And right. I had read that he was going to sign with Houston in the offseason. And oh, wow. That's what I had heard. I don't know if that's true, but I wanted right. to know like, if you knew anything about that or if like, man, can you just imagine if he had, if he had, you know, if he had not passed away tragically right. and if he had joined Houston, I could just, God, him and Hakeem would have just been. Oh yeah. That, that, yeah. that would have been, that would have been yeah. magical right there because of the way Drazen mm-hmm. shot the ball mm-hmm. and Drazen had learned how to get, get his own shot off the dribble too. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, starting in New Jersey and, you know, just to give you a little bit of like the little bit of the backstory, like, the, the the girl, you know, for, for a long time, I thought about this and like the girl that he got into the car accident with, mm-hmm. you know, I actually gave him her phone number because we went on a road trip to Orlando and the girl was at the hotel looking for Drazen. So I said, well, you know, he's not here, he's hurt. So mm-hmm. she said, well, will you give him my number? So I said, okay, cool. So I got the number. When I got back, I gave it to Drazen and maybe a week later, I saw the girl in the stands. So he, he called her. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, so, you know, for a while, like I had felt bad, like, you know, like I had something to do with the car, but you know, it was just fate or whatever. Yeah, um, so but absolutely. for a while I, I did feel kind of bad because I gave him the number, you know what I'm yeah. saying? The, the, the young lady wanted his, uh, the lady wanted him to have his number mm-hmm. and uh, him to have her number. I'm sorry. And I gave him the number so for a while. I did feel bad, but then I was like, nah, you know, he was going to meet her anyway. So exactly um, in one so, way or another, right? Whether it be yeah, in one way or another, else. she was gonna get him because mm-hmm. she knew what hotel we was at. So she What's was gonna get him. Hey, my man. Hey, if anything, <laughs> did her homework, yo, man. <laughs> if any, yo, Chuck, Chuck, man, I just gotta be honest, man. I'm hearing the story and I'm like, yo, my boy Chuck is the best, most badass wingman I've ever heard of. My life. <laughs> he handed hand that phone number over. Hey. You know what? Whew, That's man. how you should look at it. You know. Yeah, hey, well, hey. Hey, he wouldn't have got the. I wouldn't have gave him the number if he wasn't worthy of getting them. So she obviously was worthy of giving the number. So I was like, yeah, touche, touche. You give it to him. He trusts you. He's like, he's like, okay, my man Chucky's giving it to me. Okay, I guess it's worth it. Yeah, they obviously got together. So you know what? Oh man. I totally yeah. get where you're coming from in terms of that. But at the end of the day, like, you're right. If it wasn't going to get to you, it was going to get someone else. She knew the hotel. This girl knew yep. her way around to get to she where she needed find. to go. So yep. there you go. Absolutely, brother. <laughs> See, this is great stuff, man. This is just awesome stuff. And we're going to, you know, we're going to continue on here. But before we do, we need to give a quick ad break and give us one moment. We're going to continue on with Mr. Chucky Brown here at the summit. Give us one moment. And we'll be right back. Have you thought about grabbing a meal on the go? Eating a meal in smoothie form. How about an acai bowl from Rush Bowls? They have plenty of options for those that are looking for a great, healthy meal. I was literally there last Sunday, and I got myself a yoga bowl. The yoga bowl is just so delicious. It's blended with mango, pineapple, banana, matcha, Froyo and your choice of dairy or non-dairy milk. I'll say this time and time again. Get it with oat milk. Just delectable. It's topped with granola, chia seeds, bananas, and honey. And if you want to add a little extra flavor, I suggest to top it off with their in-house peanut butter. It is so delicious. They even have deals all throughout the week. Dog on Mondays. Where you get a free Bow Wow Bowl for your dog 
with any purchase of a bowl. So if you want to take your little friend with you, highly suggest it. And Wellness Wednesdays get you $2 off wellness bowls or smoothies. So if you're craving a nice, healthy, and light meal, us at the Summit State of Mind highly suggest visiting Rush Bowls and grab yourself a delicious acai bowl. It's the best bowl in Houston. So follow them on Instagram at Rush Bowls Houston and visit them at their location at 6001 Washington Avenue, Suite 200 in Houston, Texas. And make sure to mention that the Summit State of Mind sent you. Because if you mention the Summit State of Mind, you will receive 33% off your next bowl. Let me repeat that. 33% off your next bowl. So when you go there, make sure to really mention that the Summit State of Mind sent you. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Summit State of Mind presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network. We are joined by Mr. Chucky Brown, NBA champion from the 1995 Houston Rockets. Man, how are you doing right now? You all good? Yeah, I'm straight, man. I'm all good, man. Just chilling. Just chilling. Fantastic. Chilling <laughs> with the boys, right? There chilling you go. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Chucky, man. I, I mean, let's get back to 95. Um, okay. I was a kid at that point in time. I was only five years old, but mm-hmm. my dad was the one that recorded all of these games for all of us to always okay. watch. My older brother used to refer to me as the past master when I was growing up because I would honestly watch that 94, 95 run. Like <laughs> all still have the it. time, we still have the VHS yes, tapes. We still have, okay. we still have the tapes, man. Like, okay, I would love watching that Phoenix series, and I would always watch. You know, I'd always go back to watching Kenny, um, go up in Game One, man. Th- those are right. one of like the craziest things to see, right? I mean, right. I I know that you were explaining about how just being a part of that team, like, how did it feel to be a part of that, and like. Outside of that one story you had of Vernon, like, do you have any specific stories that like scream out to you about that playoff run, especially ones that, you know, that probably most people wouldn't have known? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I got a, uh, let me think, let me think. Like, um, I got, I got a story like about, it's a funny, kind of a funny story. So please, please, by all means. I'm all for okay, it, man. So, <laughs> so we got, uh, so we, we, we go to Phoenix and we're in game seven. So the night before, um, Adina Howard, I don't know if you remember Adina Howard. Uh, mm-hmm. She was an R&B singer. So she's mm-hmm. in Phoenix. She's in Phoenix. So Kenny finds out she's in Phoenix. So Of course Kenny does. Kenny, Kenny. Yeah, Kenny says, yo, <laughs> you want to you, you, you go to the Adina Howard joint? I was like, nah, man, you know, we got to be ready for game seven. He was like, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, so I was like, all right. So I left his room early. And went to, you know, I went to bed, get my rest. <laughs> so the next day we play game seven and we win game seven. So after the game, you know, Kenny comes up to me. is like, yo, man, I got to tell you something. You know, you might be mad. I was like, yo, what's up? What, what am I going to be mad about? He's like, yo, I, I went to the Adina Howard joint, yo, without you. So I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Still, hey, I still rag him to this day about that. Like, dude, you stuck oh, out without your man. Come on, man. So, so, uh, so, yeah, he went to the Adina Howard show. Uh, but you know, we he only told me that because we won. So he was, he wouldn't have told me that otherwise. <laughs> I, I got another story. So I know you probably heard the story about when my, why, why Mario blew the kiss of death. Have you heard why he did that? that- that was like what to Joe Klein, but I don't know what Joe Klein had done or, or okay. if the team had done anything. I would anything. love to find out. Yeah, let's hear it. I'll tell you what he. I'll tell you what he did. Ooh. So you know, for the most part, you know, when we went in, so we go in at halftime. I never forget it. Look up at the score. It's fifty-seven forty-seven. So we get in the locker room, and Dream is just sitting there. Dream says, "We got him right where we want him." So I'm like, "Okay." So if Big Fella's cool, we, then we good. So we come out. So each every time down when Phoenix is shooting a free throw. Uh, Joe Klein is turning to the bench doing this, 
like kiss because they were they were pretty much leading the whole game. So he's wow. giving us this this kiss of death, this kiss of death. That and that. So when Mario hit the shot, that's why he did that. So he was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, dude. So that's so that's oh. why that that took place because mm-hmm. Joe Klein had been doing that to us, um, you know. Whenever if you were on the bench and you you know the free throw was your if, if Phoenix was shooting a free throw and they made it, mm-hmm. he'd turn around, and he'd give us a little kiss of death. So we was like, oh, okay, then. So, and we really didn't have we weren't, wasn't talking a whole lot of trash because we were down, so we wasn't really saying nothing. But then Appreciate when we made our run and uh, you know once once we took lead, that's why Mario did that. Um, though, though that's that's probably the, the one of the best memories. And um, oh, and I got another funny story. This comes to mind right here. This, this was funny. Because Kenny and I <laughs> laugh about this too. So we're we're playing Utah game five, mm-hmm. and I think it was probably twenty seven seconds or something like that. So I go to the line, I get fouled, and I get two free throws. So we're down. I think we were down one. <laughs> and so you know, in my mind, I'm thinking. You know, I make these two free throws. I'm gonna get another contract. I'm gonna be here, so I'm ready. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock these down. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and get this new deal. So as I'm walking to the free throw line to get the ball, Clyde comes up to me and says, "You know, if you miss these free throws, we're gonna lose the game." And right, and I didn't feel any pressure until then. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" So Kenny saw the look on my face, mm-hmm. and so Kenny came up and was like. Yo, you got these. Go ahead and knock them things down. So that kind of released Loosen the pressure that Clyde yeah. had put on me. Oh, God. Oh, Clyde. <laughs> and, we laugh, and we laugh about that to this day, man. So I went and knocked them down. Yeah. And uh, we ended up, uh, well, not because of those free throws, but we ended up winning the game. But yeah, and that yeah, was, that was, that was that, a yeah. funny story that we that, always laugh about. That is so funny, man. Because no, I mean, yeah. You'll go, go for it, Kenny. No, because I was going to say, because I was like, Clyde is feeling the pressure because Clyde's like, yo, this this is my chance. This is my ch- he's like, he's like, This is my legacy, man. This is my chance at a championship. <laughs> he's like, come on. Right. <laughs> Poor Clyde. First thing I man, thought about. Yo, man, like, see, like, I, I love that uh, Kenny had the awareness to go yes. and look and to come yes. talk to you, considering how you looked. Because when. You know, we see all these interviews of um, athletes at the free throw line when mm-hmm. pressure, especially pressure is on the line, like poor Nick Anderson. You guys saw yeah. it on the opposite end in game right. one, man. Um, right. It's 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 crazy how that happens. But like um, I heard a story about like Josh Smith. I know we're segueing away, but just saying that whenever people try to psych you out mentally, mm-hmm. sometimes it'll just get to you because that right. that comes with the territory, you know, and it, as people like, you know. Like we all have emotions, same as the all basketball players too, man. Like everyone feels right. it. Yeah. But um, like thinking, t- talking about Kenny, man, like I remember like, you know, game one, Kenny hits seven threes and I can honestly, right. in my mind, I remember watching the double clutch, you know, highlight one hour film of y'all. Mm-hmm. I just think about you, man, in the white t-shirt, your knee pads on with the towels going, oh, when Kenny's hitting them, man. And I'm just like, dude. How does it feel to see that? Because, I mean, that's a thing. I guess it's more of a normalcy now considering right. that you got guys like Steph Curry hitting 12, 13, 14 threes in a game. Like, right. it's nothing, you know. But to see that at the biggest time, you know, in the NBA finals, right. it's it's still game one. It's even. Mm-hmm. But you guys were down 20 right. in the first quarter. and. Right. To like have Kenny lead that comeback of all dudes, he's he you know he wasn't he was a little bit past his prime. He wasn't dunking the ball like he used to. He didn't right. have the high top fade like he was kid and play, you know. Right. So, right. Uh, so <laughs> you know, how did that? How did that? You know, just to just to see that at that point in time in 1995, like how was that man? Like I can just only imagine. Um, yeah. Well, how crazy it was. It was. Yeah, it it was it was great, man. Um, and you know to see Kenny. Like, you know, it was a big deal back then for him mm-hmm. to hit seven threes because it, you know, it wasn't normal. Like, we played the game inside out. And, mm-hmm. you know, we would go, we had a guy, a dominant guy inside that if you didn't throw him the ball, you wasn't going to play. So uh, we played inside out, whereas today's game, they play outside in, it seems like. Yep. You know, so or outside out. They don't yeah, it's more really, like, like pick and roll dominant where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. So they, they don't really um, they don't really do uh, the, 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 the sets and all that like we used to do. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, that, you know, I mean, the game the changes for the game is good, but one thing that should never change is getting that ball inside. So, you know, like, like I said, we play like, like it was a big deal for Kenny because it was a big deal to shoot seven threes. Now it's nothing, you know, they, they mm-hmm. shoot those, you know, all the time. Like in, in the all-star game, I think Curry shot 16 threes in one game. Yep. Whether yep. it's a pickup game or not, 16 is a lot of threes. So <laughs> you didn't really see, like, you know, like Reggie Miller. You know, Reggie Miller had – and Reggie Miller was one of the best shooters of, of, of all time, in my opinion. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, but Reggie Miller still had to throw that ball into Rick Smiths, and he yep. would work off of that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, back then it was like everybody had a seven-footer that they had to go to uh first and foremost and like i said we played the game inside out and it was just it was just great um to see kenny you know because you know the the previous finals before they talked about how Derek harper had played such great defense on him Mm -hmm. um and you know for him to come out and do what he did was great to see and then it was like the second game too it was like it was sam's turn you know sam took over and and did his thing so uh, you know, they, them two were a great combination because Kenny was more of a finesse guy mm-hmm. where he didn't really uh, enjoy the physical play, whereas Sam, you know, Sam was a little bit, you know, rough around the edges, and Sam was just like, all right, you know, y'all want to play like that? Let's go, you know, let's do it. <laughs> so it was a good, like, uh, it was a good um, a good glove or ma- good match to have yeah. those, or good offset. They offset one another. Yeah, they, they're perfectly balanced, the yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure, man. Like yeah. Sam was Sam was my favorite player growing up when I was a kid. Like, I'm not gonna right. lie to you. I mean, we'll talk about, about the trade, but when <laughs> Sam got traded, that broke my heart. Man, okay. I okay. was broken about it. Right. I was only like seven years old, but yeah, that was my favorite player. Like when when I just the first thing I remembered growing up was Sam. So that's unbelievable, man. Like, and let's let, let's give let's shoot some credit over here too to the coach. Rudy, man, right, like right. Rudy T was something else. The offense yes. that he built that revolves around Olajuwon too. So that's definitely like something. Um, do you have any um stories about Rudy? You know that we can talk about because I remember El- Eldridge talking about his experiences with Rudy. Right. I want to. I would love to hear like anything that you that you know experiences with him. Yeah, my my experiences were all good with Rudy, man. Like like I said, you know, um, he told me. The first 10 day I wasn't gonna play. The second 10 day, we're gonna see what you got. Mm-hmm. Also, like I remember the night that we won it, when we won in the finals, and I'm in the shower. I was taking a shower, and like Rudy, he used to walk through like the shower. We'd had the showers, and he had to kind of walk by the shower to get to the to the video room where Jim Boylan was. So mm-hmm. Rudy was on his way back to the uh to the video room. So I'm in the shower and he stopped and he said, Hey, don't worry about that deal. We're going to take care of you. You know, don't worry about it. So, you know, that was, you know, I mean, I was naked, but that was a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) You'll take it. You'll receive the the news however you can get it, right? However you can get the news. However I can get the deal, let's get it. So, you know, he was like, you know, take care. So I got, you know, they ended up taking care of me. Um, Over the summer, I got the two-year deal. And then, you know, like the day when I got traded, or, or like when I when I got when I got traded, I remember, you know, that was back then. We had call ID, so mm-hmm. I mean, call ID was a big thing back then. So I look at the call ID. My phone rings, and I'm at home here in North Carolina, and I see a Houston number come up, and they said Tom Janovich. So I was like, really calling me for? You know what I'm saying? So I picked up the phone. I was like, Hey T, mm-hmm. what's up? And he was like, Oh man, you know what's up? He said, um, He said, Man, we made this deal. Um and uh, your contract fit, so we had to throw you in the deal. So, um, you know, he told me how much he appreciated what I had done, and you know, I told him, you know, hey man, look, you know, I know this is a business. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to play, and you know, I, you know, I had always hoped to come back to Houston, and I, what I was hoping to happen was that Phoenix, you know, sometimes they get you there and they release you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was hoping I got released. And went back to the Rockets. <laughs> so, that was a good, it was but, good uh, man, My man, low key. My man, low key. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but that didn't happen. So, and you know, I wasn't gonna. You know, some guys will force that type of situation, but I wasn't mm-hmm. that type of guy. So, you know, I was there. I was going to make the most of it. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, I ended up, you know, going to Phoenix and then I ended up getting traded from there uh, to Milwaukee, you know, but, um, and I can give you backstory. Remember, that was when Robert threw the towel in yep, Danny Ainge's face. So, Danny Ainge I, was, I, but I'm going to tell you why that happened, though. I can tell you. Oh, why yes, that yes, 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 yes. <laughs> they traded myself and Sam. And Robert, you know, because the year before, I think Danny Ainge hit Mario in the face with the ball yep. the year before. Mm-hmm. So Robert was feeling some type of way about him. Then, you know what I'm saying? He was feeling some type of way. Like he didn't really care for him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, so we were like, Robert was, you know, very angry when we were there. And like Sam and I would take him out every night. Like, oh, come on, man, just chill out. We'll be all right. We're going to make this thing work. And then when they traded the two guys that were keeping him afloat, he lost it. I remember coming. I was in Milwaukee. We had got to Detroit. And, you know, when you get to the hotel, you just turn on an ESPN to see what's going on. So I turned on the TV and that was the first thing I saw. And I was like, yep, they got rid of us. And that's that's what happens. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So that, that's why we were the two guys that were, you know, talking to Robert every day, take him out to eat, get his mind off of basketball. Because Robert really didn't like Phoenix at all. I can see that, man. I mean, yeah, y'all, like y'all had ball. literally just beat them a couple years ago. And yep. even three years ago too, you know, and I've met Robert. Robert was one of the nicest athletes I ever met. It's just a short yep. story. When I was working at Whole Foods, I used to work at the coffee bar okay. and like we had a, we had a smoothie bar too. This guy walks up. I'm like, I'm like, man, this dude is really tall. He turns around. I see his face. And I'm like, I'm like taking it back, man. I, I'm a big Rockets <laughs> fan. And <Right. laughs> I, it's Robert Ory. And I'm just right. like, I'm like, my eyes are just like, Oh, I'm like, Hey Rob. And he's just like, Oh, hey, man. And I was like, yeah, I'm a big fan of yours, man. And I was like, what you want? And I made him a smoothie. Okay. And I just told him, I was like, man, I'm just so happy to meet you. Like when I was growing up, like you were someone I looked up to and I love the way you play. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just grateful for you that, you know, you, you helped us win two titles, man. He was like, right. oh, yeah, thank you. And then literally I made him his stuff and I had to help another guest. And I was like, Rob, do you need anything? He's like, no, nah, man. He's like, I'm waiting for you. Let's take a picture. And I was like, blown okay. away it was right. the nicest probably the nicest thing any athlete has done for me because i mean okay. he didn't he didn't have to give his time right right and the funny thing was like that was when that was the western conference finals in 2018 when the rockets were playing the warriors and he even asked me he's like who you think's taking game five because i remember it was game five and i was like rob it's got to be us man he was like oh you already <laughs> know man houston got it and unfortunately chris paul went down that later in that game but it was always cool. That's always a memory I can always roll back to because, right. you know, growing up, he was someone that I uh, absolutely adored. That, like, I remember my dad, he used to work for a company that had done, dealt with furniture. And uh-huh. Robert Ori and Sam lived in uh, Sweetwater in Sugarland. Sugarland. Yeah. Yes. So my dad, so what we would do is like when I was a kid, my dad would just drive us around, me and Kenny, and I was, you know, we were bored. I just didn't want to do anything. He's like, oh, you want to see their house? So we just drive by. He's like, this is Robert's house. This is Sam's house. And I'm just like, whoa, you know, right. and yeah, that, stuff, that stuff blew me away, man. Yeah, th- those are just such pleasant memories, man. Yeah. But, um, you know, let's go. Let's go back to your to your best friend, though, Eldridge, man. He, he, he told us some stories about y'all hanging out in 95, 96. And I mean, didn't y'all play? Did y'all play together in Atlanta as well? We played together um, in Atlanta. We played together in Charlotte, and we played and together in the, the CBA. CBA. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Yakima. man. Yeah, yeah. Yakima Sun Kings. Only, yep. only because of you guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, dude, man. Like, do you have anything funny to talk about that we can get back to him, and you know, something that he wouldn't tell us, but something that you know, let's, <laughs> let's, out let's, let's hear Don't something. Out on the show. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's friend. a friend of the show. He's a friend of the show. You know. <laughs> But man, you know, we're we all we're all friends here, you right. know, like like we all have fun. As I mean, he would tell me stories, he was telling us stories about like you guys watching Kobe and yep. stuff like that, just the little things, you know. Yeah, Elgis was the guy that pretty much like when Kobe came out, and he would always say, like, we when we played them, we were in Atlanta when Kobe was a rookie, we were in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh I think the Lakers were beating us, and uh Kobe got because Kobe didn't really play a lot. Cause they had Eddie yeah. Jones, so yep, I remember that. Kobe, they, it might have been a blowout or something, and uh, Kobe got in the game, and Eldridge used to always say, "Man, I'm telling you, that dude gonna be bad right there. He gonna be bad, like <laughs> he, gonna, he he gonna be tough." So I was like, "Ah, eh, he, he all right," you know what I'm saying? So 
<laughs> he did say that. Years later, <laughs> he said that. He, 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 said that. he like, told us that story. I told you. I told you he was gonna be nice. <laughs> so, oh my god. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we used to we used to talk about uh, like players all the time. You know, because like I said, Elgin and I spent a lot of time. We spent more time actually uh, in the pros because in Yakima, he lived in Seattle, so he was driving a lot back and forth. So. He didn't really spend a lot of time with us off the court, but we spent a lot more time off the court because I think uh, in Houston, we lived near one another. In Atlanta, we lived in the same apartment complex. And in Charlotte, we lived near one another. So we would see each other um, all the time. And like I, I talked to Eldridge more than anybody, um, any, any of my teammates, I talked to Eldridge the most. But um but yeah, we used to talk about, you know, different players all the time. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I was a big, uh, I was a, well, I still am a big Jay-Z fan. And I remember Jay-Z being at a game one time. So, so we were just on the bus arguing about like the greatest rapper. So of course I'm going with Jay-Z. That's my guy. And Jay-Z is at the game. So they, uh, Jay, uh, uh, Eldridge and Derek Coleman, I remember them going up to Jay-Z and telling him yeah, like, yo, please say hello to this dude because this dude will fight somebody about you. So <laughs> JC came up to me and said, what's up? So that was uh, a big highlight for me too. There you go. <laughs> so I got to meet JC. Love it. So that, that, love that, was, oh, that was a good man. highlight for me too. So yeah, that, that's that. a funny story. <laughs> great story. These are just great stories that you're telling us too. And, and I love the way you talk about this Houston Rockets team. And the fact that you, you're right, like no matter what happens or whatever, how far away y'all are, how often yep. or not often you talk, you guys are a family. You're bonded by being champions. I think that's almost like yep. almost like y'all are like a fraternity, you know, to, yep. to be bonded forever, no matter what. That's but, right. You know what I mean? Like, so let's let's fast forward, though, to the current day Rockets. Have you been able to catch any of the any of the Rockets games? You know, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green. Have you mm-hmm. ever been able to catch any of their stuff and like see how they how, see how the team's been recently? I have not, but I'm actually, you know, good friends with Steven Silas. I've spoken to him on the phone. Um, you know, Paul Silas coached me, so oh, that's right, um, that's right. I know Steven um, very well. So I've talked, I've spoken to Steven, but I have not. You know, it's kind of funny because I don't um, watch the NBA a whole lot in the mm-hmm. regular season. I watch more playoffs mm-hmm. because you know that's when it matters. But I, I have to start watching more like regular season because I was at the all-star game and didn't know who a lot of them dudes were because I don't, I, I wasn't watching them. You know what I'm saying? Of course, so of course. Uh, I'm going to start watching more regular season, but I, I don't watch regular season. I watch the playoffs. Um, so I don't really know uh, much about the Rockets roster. I do know the, the one kid that was in the dunk contest played for the Rockets. I do yeah, know that. Jalen Green. Yeah. But I have not really. Yeah. Jalen Green. I have not seen him play. Um, but I haven't seen any of them play, to be honest with you, though. So I have, I'm not, I'm not seen, I've not really watched the Rockets. Oh no, that's okay. No, I figured too because you know you're you're. When it comes to like former players too, I realize a, a lot of the former players that we've talked to, like Vaughn Wafer, for instance. Vaughn, we had Vaughn yeah. on the show, uh, okay. and, and he's a friend. He's a friend of us, and yeah, he he doesn't really watch that much current like current like basketball either so i totally get where you're coming from in that sense but yeah good answer okay let's let's go ahead and shift focus back on the 95 with our very last question i hands Uh down chucky what is the favorite memory give me what is the number one moment when you know people ask you chucky 1995 houston rockets nba champions what is the favorite memory that comes to mind my favorite memory um would definitely have to be when Dream was uh, when we were in San Antonio, and I remember them giving David Robinson the MVP, um, and like Dream said to Clyde, he said, "That's okay." He said, "They got the little trophy. We're gonna get the big trophy." So that's probably one of my. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, he had an African accent. He said, "That's okay." He told Clyde, "That's okay, Drex. They'll get the little trophy. We'll get the big one." So that <laughs> one, uh, that, that, oh, that that's probably, yeah, that's that's probably my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite memory because you know, if people don't remember, is that we didn't beat San Antonio in the regular season, not one time. They beat us. We played them four times. They 
beat us four mm-hmm. times. And, you know, we came in, we won the first two games, and they won the next two. Then we went game five, won that one, and we closed them out game six. So a lot of people don't remember that, but we did not beat them not one time during the regular season. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I don't remember that. Well, you know, I was mm-hmm. two years old when it happened. Typically, when <laughs> yeah, I remember yes. the run, it's through documentaries and what I see on YouTube <laughs> and, and the games that right. I saw. But all right, Chucky, let's get ready to go home here. It was such an honor just to have you on our platform, well, you, on man. our show, Houston, on a Houston Rockets podcast, an NBA champion, Chucky. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. I want to roll out the red carpet for you now. Is there anything that any shout outs, any plugs that you want to put out for forth or forward for yourself? I mean, just you know, shout out to to Houston as a city. I mean, when people ask me, you know, what's my favorite city? Um, you know, Houston. Houston, without a doubt, and you know it's it's because of how the fans treated me. Like, like you know, like I said, I'm a I'm just a role player, man. And like I walked through Houston Intercontinental Airport and could barely move without people stopping me, wanting me to sign stuff, man. So the way that I was treated down there, man. I mean, it's just, I mean, man. I mean, it it brings tears to your eyes, really, because you know Houston. You know, I'd like to give a shout out to Gerard Shokroon who started the Chucky Brown fan club and what people don't know, like I would go on the road and they had what was called the the Chucky Brownies that they would have for me at, at hotels. And that is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Gerard and Carolyn, Gerard and his wife, Carolyn, man. I mean, that was, you know, that was really special to me because I'd never had a fan club or nothing like that. You know, I never thought nobody would even take notice to what I was doing. You know, and like just today, my daughter asked me, you know, what did I miss about the NBA? Did I miss playing in the NBA? And I told her, I don't miss playing in the NBA at all because I left it out on the floor. The only thing I miss is going to different restaurants in different cities because I like Mm -hmm. to eat. So that's the thing that I miss. I don't miss playing at all because, like I said, I left it out on the floor. And I told her that. So when you go out there on the floor, you leave it out there. You know what I'm saying? You don't hold nothing back. And I didn't hold anything back. And I never considered myself, you know, more talented than anybody. But, you know, my father used to always tell me, don't let anyone outwork you. And that's what I tried to do. So, like I said, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to everybody in Houston, man, you know, all the fans that supported me. You know, the organization, you know, I know that there's been a lot of turnover, but still, like, if if, if they ever need, if they ever got a job and want me to come back, I'm there. So, <laughs> <shout out laughs> <to> the <laughs> there you go. And we'll make sure this gets pushed forward. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> All right. It, it, you know, it's so awesome just to have you on this show and, and that shout out to the city. You know, it's so funny when you say that, the, the Chucky the Chucky Brownies, like, it's something about Houston and, and you don't have to be a superstar. You don't need to be Hakeem or James Harden mm. or Clyde right. Drexler. You, we are known for just, you like the role players are known to yep. endear themselves in the city. And yes. I've never seen any other city that has like, that has not like focused, that. right? Yeah, that has focused yeah, so hard like on that. it. You know, for like now, we have a mm-hmm. guy named Garrison Matthews. He ended up being on a 10 day like you, and then he ended up being signed right. for the seat, signed to a three year deal. They now call him Gary Bird because of Larry. Okay. Bird. And now he has, <laughs> now, because he can shoot the rock. So now he right. has this insane following. Like it's just crazy to hear and the yeah. way that it, it's basically the same thing as it was in the 90s. Like that's incredible to see. That's awesome, man. And I, I look forward to going back to Houston and coming to a game or something, um, you know, just to know, come sir. back. Yeah, because I got I got a lot of friends still there. Like, shout mm-hmm. out to my man, D Solo and Street Flavor. I don't know if you watch the show Street Flavor. Oh, man, on D- Channel 8, PBS, back in the day. That's, that's my guy. That's, <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> I remember that, man. Yeah. I remember that. Shout out, <laughs> yep, shout out to D Solo, man. You know, we call each other brothers because, mm-hmm. you know, we still talk to this day. And, um, you know, we talk about our time, you know, the time that we were able to spend together. So we, we got kids and stuff now. So, you know, it's, it's just great to always uh, catch up and connect with him, man. But, yeah, shout out to everybody in Houston. Like I said, if, if, if I'm going to move anywhere else or live anywhere else, the only other place that I'm living other than North Carolina is Houston. That's it. Nowhere else. Let's go, man. H-Town. Yep. What a way <laughs> to hey, ever, man. I love what, it. What love it. Way. 
Love it. Way to end the show. This is perfect. <laughs> I'm not even. Let's not even like not do it anymore. He threw up the H. I'm good. This That's is, right. That H is gonna be on like you know we have like so I I usually have a cover photo for like our our episode and that's that H is gonna be the cover photo. Okay. Already <laughs> already done. So Chuck, we just appreciate you, sir. Thank you so Thank you. much for coming on. It was an uh, it was a pleasure for myself in the gym. It was a real mm-hmm. pleasure. Thank you. It was an honor, well, thank, man. Thank you for having me, man. Y'all be cool, man. Keep on fire! Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The Summit for Life.